0: It's the Broadway Show Uncut. Thanks for joining us for another stellar conversation with Broadway's best and brightest. I'm Tamson Fidel. Back in 1978, Wayne Salento got a big break when Bob Fosse featured him in his hit musical, Dancing. And now he's bringing that sexy dance show back to the boards with an incredible new company of dancers. Paul Wontorek had a chance to talk with Wayne Salento.
1: You are in rehearsals for yep. Danson, it yep. Back Danson. Yep. And I was thinking about it, 45 years ago, right now, you yep. were in rehearsals for the original dancin. Absolutely. Working with Bob Fosse yep. on an original musical that I think he was really passionate about. Yeah. What, what, what was that like? What was that time like working uh, with that man who that was mm. such a big part of your life?
0: That time was a really um, great progressive time for me because I just got out of Chorus Line yeah. I went and I did the act with Liza, and I missed the auditions. And then while we were rehearsing to go open on, on Broadway, the Majestic Theater, uh-huh. uh, Graziella had worked out a, uh, like an audition for me and told Bob, you have to see him. Wow. So, And I thought it was private, but it wasn't private. Everyone had private auditions. So I found that out like years ago, and I was like, oh, my God. I thought it was like a special thing, but anyway, <laughs> so I ran from the rehearsal hall at the Majestic, not the, not the Majestic, the uh, um, Minskoff Theater. Do you right, yeah, yeah, that? the rehearsal room, yeah, yeah. rehearsal room. You said, hang on, Liza, I'll be right back. I did, lunch. I ran over there, and then Annie and Bob were there, and they were, gave me steps, and I auditioned, and I didn't feel like I was auditioning, danced with Bob, sang, and kept on raising my key like a crazy man, I said thank you. And I left. And can I, I thought, just tell
1: you, though, can I stop you for one second? In the first minute of this interview, yeah. you mentioned so many legends that, that were a part of your life. It you was. know what I mean? <laughs> Bob Fosse, Graciela Daniela, Anne Rankin. I totally. mean, it, it's so crazy. It is crazy. Eliza Liza Minnelli. I mean, no, you know I, all these people. I, <laughs> I, I, I know. That's why we're here. I love
0: this. Um, so anyway, um, opening night, I'm doing one number on the stage. And I'm, I'm in a low plie. And I'm looking out. And there you are. Bob uh, Fosse, staring at me. Watching the act. And I went, holy shit. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it's that. It's okay. But anyway, um, it's Fosse. <laughs> I said, okay, that's it. He's in there, he's out the audience. Found me in the, in the, at the party and said, I want you. And I said, what? He said, I want you for the show. I said, you said you already had a cast. He said, yeah, I know, but I'll work it out. I said, I'm in, but don't tell Liza. <laughs> so I doubled. So I, I was on a whirlwind, it was like, like the best opportunity but I was exhausted yeah
1: you were on a career whirlwind I mean uh, you you it
0: was it was the, that momentum thing yeah. where the exposure and you know leaving chorus line we were all featured principals yeah. as dan- as dancers and I said oh I'm done I went and danced in the ensemble again I got so much recognition there and then he found me and then here I am
1: so let's talk about the original dance. And when I was a kid, yeah. one, of my, one of my earliest memories of Broadway is walking around the theater district and seeing those dance in posters, which yeah. scared the heck out of me. Yeah. That image yeah. was crazy. You like,
0: mean the, the disjointed thing? Yeah, the disjointed yeah.
1: bodies twisted. I was like, what is this show? <laughs> exactly. And, and it was really, um, such a hot show yeah. and a sexy show. Yeah. And to me, it was kind of the epitome of that late 70s Broadway scene. What was it like to actually be on stage? And also it led to a Tony nomination yeah. for, for Featured Actor for you, which was fantastic. It, it was a killer. A killer it, show. It was
0: like a nonstop killer show. Yeah. I mean, it was no joke. And plus the fact he decided to put me in every single number, so. (laughs) Well, he was, he loved I mean, it paid off, obviously it paid off, because I did get a Tony nomination, but it was like, you know, I don't even know if we knew what was going on. I mean, we would, it was such a new entity, you know, a a dance concert format, three acts on Broadway, which was never done before, you know, all, you know, Right. just about us dancers and music that he decided to pick and styles that he wanted to do and mm-hmm. experiment with it was you know it was just unbelievable yeah. to be in that situation
1: i was just watching sing 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 on the tony awards that, that, that number right? i mean i was yeah. watching you and yeah. and annie rankin and, and, a, and an amazing array of legendary yeah. dancers who were your well, you know it
0: was 16 of us and we came from all places you know la and who who studied this who did that it was nothing that was like that tied us together we were mm-hmm. just all unique in ourselves and we learned his choreography and his work and we had this incredible amount of energy and it just took on this shape and form it was yeah. like absolutely amazing
1: and it's interesting that uh like you and and uh specifically who also got a toy nomination right. which was fantastic had have- Really carried on this yeah. this Fosse legacy, yeah. and, and a lot of our exposure to Fosse is through your work. Yeah, and that sort of leads to you bringing dancing back. Dancing, by the way, apostrophe. I love that. I, yeah. you know, yeah. there's so many tells with exclamation points. We're done with that. Yeah, just no. Just take the G off. Who needs right, the G? Right, just put a little line. It.
0: Perfect. Dancing. Perfect. I love it. You know it's kind of interesting because it's like you know Annie went on to her career as you know she's a mega performer and yeah. beautiful actress and all that other stuff, and then she did Chicago and she was really upfront. She said it was in the style of Bob Fosse. Right. I think a lot of people do the style of Bob Fosse. Yes. I mean all the pop stars like there's Beyonce and the whole bunch of people, Michael Jackson and, yeah. and everything that you know he was such a great influence on people. Um... What I've learned during this show is that, because um, I started like really looking at his career and who he was as a man and as a dancer, because mm. you kind of fall into the very specific part of Bob—the sexy part, right. this this still part, the yes. you know seductive part, the finger, the shoulder, the eye—you know that—but then there's this explosive part of Bob Fosse mm. that you know people don't see. I did a little bit of that in Big Deal when I did Beat Me, Daddy. Um, because it was just, you know, tight, but then fly, you know, from one end of the stage to the other end of the stage and you just don't even know how you got there. You just fly. And that was, that was him. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I started watching him dance and all of his MGM movies and stuff like that. And I want to get the essence of him, not only just do dancing, because, you know, that was a very important thing that I stayed true to that and his numbers and always his choreography. It's all about his choreography. Mm-hmm. I haven't do one thing. Everything, even transitions is his choreography. I really made it a point to just stick to what he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so I did the major big numbers in dancing that needed to be done. Of course, I put it in a different setting. I had this thing about, I wanted to do the influence of him as a film director choreographer. So I thought maybe we do a set that's like a soundstage, and it's like scaffolding, like all that jazz, mm. and keep that all of that texture and stuff that he's done, and just bring in dancing as if he was maybe filming it, or just doing numbers from dancing in this a different environment, not so much a concert environment. Okay. So that's my that's how I was figuring. How do I do this mm. 41 years later, yeah. and make it relevant for today's generation, and make Bob Fosse? you know, come back. I mean, he was contemporary anyway, no matter what. It could have been 41 years ago. He's still contemporary today. So, but I needed to um, embrace the audience for today and how do we, what would he have done, technology-wise, lighting-wise, idea-wise? How would he push those buttons? And you know, all of that stuff that he's always done. He was always ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully, I did that, and I also gave the audience the essence of who that man was as a brilliant choreographer and dancer.
1: What about as a man? I, I noticed you, you started a very successful choreographic career in the 80s. Right. You started right After shows. dancing. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. And Pretty you much.
1: came, but but you you so you weren't performing so right. much. You were really focusing on more behind the scenes work. Right. But you did come back to do a big deal, yeah. and that was your last sort of actual acting credit on Broadway. Absolutely. And it made me think, like I bet Bob Fosse was really hard to say no to.
0: Oh, he called me up. I said yes. I was fat. <laughs> I was out of shape. I was like choreographing, like you said. But I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot. And I you know I got into shape, and um, I think I danced better than I've danced my whole career in that number, Mm. in that show. Because I was matured, I knew who I was as a person, and I I had that experience, but yet I was able to take him all in. And he was so brilliant in that show, the way he moved it, and it was all of his directorial influences came through. Mm. And that show was like, he wove in and did transitions of scene and music and musical staging, choreography back to a scene It was seamless it was just Mm -hmm. beautifully done
1: and cinematic and
0: cinematic cinematic, absolutely
1: but would you call him a friend
0: i don't know if he was a friend but he really liked me i he really did and i felt that Uh he trusted me and liked me and gave me so much that i'm thankful for in my life in my career Um, you know he was a quiet man but every once in a while I'd hear a knock on my door in my st- in the stage door, in my dressing room, yeah. and there's Bafosi, and he goes, "Could I come in?" And I'm on the floor stretching, and he's I say, "Of course," and he you know, sits at my dressing table and just kind of talks. You know, what do you think about? How do you think I should do that robbery? Mm-hmm. And you know, just picking my brain, and I felt honored, and I said, "Hey, I'm here for you. Whatever you want us to do or try, I'll I'll do anything." You know, and I, I said to him, maybe it should feel like more like an MTV video, just keep it moving. And it, it, I mean, how do you create a robbery on on stage? It was a it was right. a rough one, um, and he gave it a good shot. And but you know, and he said so long, and he left. <laughs> right. You know, it yeah. was it was never like call me up like a friend or yeah. anything. It was always in a working situation, right. and I always felt like he was very respectful and. Humboldt and he appreciated all my work and I'd do anything for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love that But your, yeah. your memories are really tied into the work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the art. Yeah That's yeah. what you're
1: carrying on that yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, it's a big it's a big responsibility
1: Absolutely, yeah. and that name carries yeah. so much weight for audiences totally they they, they love yeah. the opportunity to see this man's yeah. work still Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like if you know, we've we've I think with the musical Fosse, which was a great review right. that included in right. 99, which a lot
0: included of a lot of
1: a lot of material from Danson in right. that show, um, and with Chicago, which of course right. is still running right. up at the Ambassador, we, we've almost gotten very used to this um, very uh, like black sexy costumes aesthetic, right? There's totally. a, a very like a visual totally. aesthetic to it. And, and I feel like the Danson uh, what I've seen of your production of dance and is it feels more like there's an explosion of different kinds of style. Well,
0: it, it was. I yeah. mean it, we were in col- with colorful clothes. We yeah. had a black tuxedo as our base, and I think I wore it twice uh-huh. in the in the beginning and at the end. and but pretty much it was colorful costumes, all kinds of things, different styles, half naked, sometimes, you know, it's just different. He did whatever he wanted. It wasn't like specifically. Black derbies, black, all black. Yeah. You know, very stylized and stuff. It, there was a multiple amount of different styles mm-hmm. that he was playing around with. Mm-hmm. So that's what I loved about dancing. It was really about dancing. Um, it got very specific along the way. I think that's a portion of who he was. I don't think it's right. completely who he was because yeah. he loved to dance and he was tech- He was technical. He had a great technique. He would never. I mean, I say I have a technique, not like tricks. I couldn't do any of that stuff, and it was never enough for me, and I think he probably felt the same way. He had the line, he has the technique, but, and he flew, and I saw him spin also, so I don't know, maybe he had more than I did, but I certainly tried to my best to get whatever he wants me to do.
1: Tell me about assembling the group of dancers yeah. for dancing in 2023. I, um, I, I recognize many of the names. Yeah. I've been wowed by many of them in yeah. past Broadway shows. Yeah. What was it like finding the right group for this?
0: Um, it was interesting and exciting, to tell you the truth, because um, it wasn't like I I locked myself into a certain body type. Or I mean, he did have beautiful be- women in dancing originally. I yeah. think there were like six long-legged, yeah. beautiful ladies that were all different but he had that and then there was me and john Mm Minio, and there was uh geneva burke and um jill cook and we were the smaller corkier types so he threw that in the mix Mm -hmm. um and then he had dick cortez who he always used in a show just to shake it up so he was very eclectic in a strange sort of a way Mm. and i think all the women Although they were long and leggy and beautiful women, they were all different types. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that, but I I wasn't really looking for long-legged, beautiful women. I was looking whoever was interesting and could really dance. And then I got into the eclectic world that we're living in today. And I wanted it to make it really multicultural, Mm -hmm. just beautiful group of young people that will instill that energy and love of dance into Bob's work again. With that, we I think we found a great group, and we just found four more for the swings, and right. they're phenomenal. So I think when people are out, which they will be, because it's a very hard show, yeah. they'll they'll step in, and there will be another interesting person in that slot. And no that. clones at all.
1: You know, and I think about a course line. A course line was all about sort of learning about the maybe formerly faceless, uh, mm-hmm. or, or formerly per- personality-less, right. story people right. in the ensemble, right. Right? right? And I think it's really fun to showcase dancers and let them have those moments, right? right. It's, it's, right. it's still a, such an exciting well, thing you as know, an audience you, member. When
0: you think of me, okay, so you think of what I did in that show, which I only was out, out of two numbers. Mm-hmm. I was out of the ballet bar. No, actually I wasn't, I was the conductor. He put me in a fright wig and I was conducting. (laughs) I was out of the women's number and Charles Ward's Percussion Four, everything else I was in. So I broke up my show with four men because if you think about it, I did the opening monologue, I sang Crunchy Granola, I changed, I sang Bojangles, I came out and I did Percussion Two. Within 10 minutes of the show, I was dead, like right there. And I thought, you know what, I need to give each person on that stage a feature that's going to spotlight them mm-hmm. and a couple of speech uh, features that'll spotlight them and make them special and unique so that audience can identify with each one of them and i think so you
1: spread your stuff among i spread my different sp- talents I spread
0: it around <laughs> i thought it wasn't fair i love the fact that i had it but yeah i did right I did.
1: So um, I, I think this is an okay number to bring up, but I also know that this March will be your 50th anniversary on Broadway. It was 50 years ago you opened in Seesaw oh my the god! spring of 1973, and I know I that's know shocking that. for I, everybody. <laughs> and you were, not, you, you were not a child performer, I, I, and you I just looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> It, wow, it, it will it's be been a long time, huh? Yeah,
1: it's been a, it's been a long ride. Yeah, yeah. it has. And it's been amazing. What, what it you've has done been those amazing. It's a
0: lot of ups and downs. You know that point where I was transitioning from chore- choreographing and dancing. I did do that a while. I juggled around with yeah. that. And I'm going to bring up another name. So Cheetah Rivera used to keep me alive. She had that act yeah. with the two guys. Yeah. And then it evolved and I b- eventually became that guy. So um, I was choreographing and Every once in a while, that phone would ring and she'd go, I'm going to Japan. Are, will you come? I said, Yeah. And I'd get myself in shape and uh-huh. I'd jump back in it. And <laughs> then I would finish that and go back to choreographing something else. And she'd call me again and I could jump back. So she kept me alive and I kept in touch with being in shape, being on top of my game. You know, I wasn't just, you know, choreographing and yeah. kind of like falling into that world.
1: But tell me about that kid who start in Seesaw, which is another great seventies musical that I love. I love the score for Seesaw. Yeah. I didn't get to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um
1: what was that kid like? I mean and I know that we kind of we kind of know what that kid is like because Mike in a course line. Right, 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 was right. sort of it was right. very in, similar yeah. to you, I'm I'm told. Oh yeah. Uh, totally. Oh th- totally,
0: that was me. You were that guy? Well You're, yeah the attitude. Yeah I def- can do that. Def- yeah, that was it. Start yeah. at the end, not me.
1: Uh-huh. You
0: know, and I had that I, I had that re- um that relationship with Michael, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, You know, I was, I just graduated from college. I was gonna be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Well, family business, right? For a while, business, and right? thank God I got out of that, and then I opened up Dance Magazine, and I went, okay, Brockport University, I'm gonna be a dance phys ed major, and I transferred, and I did heavy duty dance training, modern dance training. Right. Bill Glassman was the ballet master, and I, so, it, short like me, amazing, I had an idol to, Kind of look up yeah. to and i started auditioning and i did summer stock three years and then my first broadway show was seesaw and it was a hell ride because it was auditions after auditions and i was in brockport and i was commuting back and forth for callbacks
1: like northern new york
0: brockport all, like six hours away all the way like up syracuse all the yeah. way up
1: near canada yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah and so it wasn't easy but and i think i was the last one that got the job and I was like screaming and I left my wife there and I came here and I started and I worked with Michael Bennett, another genius, twice with that and Coruscant, yeah, so.
1: So maybe the moment that possibly changed your career, one day I think Michael Bennett says I'm gathering these dancers. Well, no. Tell me how this went down.
0: All right, so it's Tony Stephen and Michelle Peacock. Okay. Two dancers that I've done shows with, and I've done a a string of shows at that point, um, decided that they had it. That dancers are, you know, we do production numbers and we save the show and the show could be horrible, but the choreography is great, the production numbers are great, the dancers are great, and the show closes. Mm -hmm. So they decided they were gonna write a show about dancers. But the only way they can get dancers in the room at 12 o'clock at night after the show, was to get someone like Michael Bennett wow. to say he was involved. So he I did not go- know that. he ghosted a while and we did two night sessions and Tony taught a combination and we all sat around the circle and this was the tapes for A Chorus Line. Yeah. And Michael started it off and he poured out his soul to set the tone. And then we went around in like a therapy session, got out of there at like nine ten o'clock the next morning and went on to our business and then they did another one this time i taught this class Mm -hmm. to the everyone and we went around from we went we talked about how we got to broadway okay up to our childhood all of it and then we went from our broadway from broadway to where we are today and that was the section second taping session and then michael got involved and then michael Said he wants to take on the project, and we did two workshops.
1: You were you were pretty new to the scene of Broadway oh, at that was, point, so you didn't really have a jaded story. No, <laughs> like you weren't shielded. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I just got here. I have nothing. I have nothing to give you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I'm assuming that room if you can just describe I've always you know this is this is legend if you could describe this room you were all in I'm assuming right. there was a lot of was there a lot of smoke and and drinking and what was in the what is it just or was it more of a dance
0: yeah no what? you know what it was like a, a small little studio and uh-huh. we were jam-packed but it was like all the hottest dancers on Broadway late night at that time late night Tommy Walsh and yeah. uh Kelly Bishop and uh Priscilla Lopez and all you know people mm-hmm. And we sat there, and then the next time there was a couple of more new faces in there. Okay. Um, and then, you know, he took tapings. He got monologues. We came in and auditioned for ourselves. I never forget. Michael gave me this paper mm-hmm. to read, and it was my monologue. Everything I said about, um, I don't know something. And um, oh, it was about my uh, seesaw audition. Okay. about how long it took and how stressful it was and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he said, here, read it. I said, I can't read this. And this is going back to who Mike Costa was with him. I said, I can't read this. Why am I going to read this? I can tell you this. He said, no, would you just read the paper? I said, no, I can't read the paper because I don't even know what I said. I'll just tell you the stories again. He said, okay, put that damn paper down and just tell me the story again. But people didn't get this their own life.
1: It was awkward. because Suddenly, uh, yeah, your story yeah, I was like was a, stupid was reading a script, about. Right.
0: Oh my God! I said that. You know, it was like it didn't make sense to me. So, right. Anyway, that was our relationship.
1: I, I have to say, um, I can do that. You, your right. big song. I, I, I mean, I feel like everybody knows mm-hmm. your voice because that's ninety seconds of original cast.
0: Album I'm the only gold. man that had a solo.
1: I mean, it's so right. amazing. Right. Everybody, you know, the it wasn't you,
0: my number. You know,
1: it wasn't your number
0: in the beginning.
1: Oh, really? You, yeah, Michael
0: oh. Mesita was, he had that number. Wow. It was about Sammy Williams. Yeah,
1: it was, somebody else. It was Sammy right. Williams' Sammy Williams, Michael Masita. The Michael
0: Masita left. Michael gave me the number. Wow. Um, and then I was supposed because to have. Because you could
1: do that. You are like, I, I can I do, that. do that. Because <laughs> I could do that.
0: And that was it. That was it. You, that's your number. So that was my number, which was like a great accident that I got yeah. a number, the first number of the show. Kind of like set the tone of it.
1: I mean, but just to be even to be on that cast album, I mean that's just like I know. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. You're making me nervous.
1: People are stream <laughs> people are streaming it right now, I yeah. guarantee. Someone's yeah, listening to that song. Totally.
0: Yeah, that high pitched voice <laughs> singing. Yeah. And,
1: and you also, um every all because of the way that show is put together, you all got a piece of it. So you're a billionaire because of a course line.
0: Oh my god. Are you kidding me? <laughs> do
1: you do you still actually get because we got of
0: an course. eighth of one percent. Okay, an
1: eighth of one percent.
0: Okay, so when at the peak of the uh, at the whole thing, uh-huh. two thousand dollars was a lot of money. Okay. Now we get like maybe four hundred. So you'll get you you will still get depending like, on how many tours are out there. Every once in yeah, a while, there's a little
1: course like Yeah, check, we still get a little shows check. up.
0: We get a little check. <laughs>
1: Is it a direct it deposit nice. or does you nice. get it in the mail? What does it look like? Is it a certain, certain uh, um, it, like...
0: I forget the name of the company, <laughs> but every time I see that, I go, oh my God, it's Course Line Check. <laughs> we open it and sometimes it's 2,000, sometimes it's 1,000, sometimes 400, okay, 100. Hey. You know, but it's, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I think anyone that does a workshop should have a piece of the show because it's pretty much built on those people. Yeah. We give this whole company mm-hmm. a piece of it. Yeah. because they're part of me creating this new, mm-hmm. this new show.
1: It's becoming more common now.
0: Yeah, and I think it's fair. Yeah. Because let's face it, the people that are on the floor are the people that are making it work. Mm. And they bring in whatever they're going to bring to the table. And it's you know the reason why I didn't want to lose anyone was because everyone was special and unique doing their features. If one person dropped out and I had to find another person to fill in that, sometimes it doesn't work out because maybe that person can't do all the all of yeah. the the stuff and the uh, the features that I've given that person. So you start distributing out and then it changes the whole shape of the show. So how, I would have had to start all over again.
1: How were Broadway dancers of the 70s, of which you were one of the top Broadway dancers of the 70s, right. how are they different than today's dancers,
0: performers? Um, you know, I think they're different in a, in a different way. I think they're still very trained. Um, They still have technique. I never stopped taking classes, and I took from a whole bunch of people. So I never became one person kind of a dancer. I was everyone's dancer, kind of. I can do any style. I think that was probably like Mm -hmm. my niche into this business. Um, But I do think these dancers are very savvy about stuff, and they do pick up stuff. I mean, Bob, Bob Fosse's choreography is very specific. And you have to have that flair, you have to have that understanding, uh, understand what Mm -hmm. his intention and his motivations were to make those steps work because there was always something driving it. It's not just about dance steps. Mm -hmm. It's about the whole thing.
1: You, you know, I wish TikTok was around in the 70s, because I'm sure your account would have been amazing. Yeah. The dances you would have been doing on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Can no, you imagine? I don't do
0: TikTok. But no, I'm, but back yeah. then, if yeah, it was around, you would have fine. been yeah.
1: jumping down 42nd Street totally. with Annie Rankin. And... Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. <laughs>
1: when I look at your career, one thing that I'm really impressed with is how you always remain very hip and relevant. I mean... You know, you're you're you started as a very seventies career, right? Yeah, I mean if you think absolutely. about dancing in a course line, totally. that, that one two thing is yeah. that's very seventies. Yeah. But the things you've done in the eighties, the projects you worked on, and then in the nineties with Tommy and you know, and then uh, and then Wicked and, and then Holler If You Hear Me, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And and I wanna know what is your what's your secret? How do you stay so
0: you know, I was so upon. terrified. And, you know, I didn't want to become a Broadway baby just doing Broadway kind of choreography. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, I think because I had a little bit of an edge and a feisty attitude, I kind of, like, try to stay on top of it. There was one point, and I told you about Cheetah, there was one point that we went to L.A. and she had a gig and I went. And Barry Lather is a choreographer who did a lot of Janet Jackson's. Okay. Stuff. And at that time, I always watch MTV mm-hmm. and I always watch the stuff that was going on. I always wanted to try to keep an edge to my work so I didn't fall into the, you know, the typical cliche kind of choreography for Broadway. Yeah. I always like, Tommy was like great for me because it was edgy and Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, I went to LA and I stayed in LA and I, I studied with Joe Tremaine and whoever was teaching out there just because LA dancers, are, have a different energy than New York dancers. And I used to, when I was doing industrials and show, I would always go to LA and audition dancers to get that energy into the room with me. And it inspired me to stay on top of my gig. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's because I'm a dancer and I'm, I'll always be a dancer. I mean, I'm torturing myself now because I just want to get on the floor and dance, but I'm so old, <laughs> so my body just doesn't want to do it. But I will trick myself into getting up one of these days soon but um i think i just stayed on top of what was happening yeah. yeah constantly and i kept on the other thing is is like i thought of my my career and bobs career i always felt like i don't have an identifiable style you know everything that i did was project based diff- yeah yeah. It, every project was different so i would research that period uh-huh. and get into whatever the social dancing was and kind of turn that into some formal kind of choreography for a broadway stage and i also because of michael bennett and because of bob Fosse, i also learned about transitions and moving not only the dancers but moving set design and uh-huh like Michael was brilliant and so was Bob, but Michael with the choreography from Dreamgirls and how it was so seamless and so magical and how that was part of the choreography. Um, And he wasn't really interested in like dance steps Mm. because there was a core of people. There was me, Bayork, and Donna, and Tommy Walsh. We were like five people that went into the room, came up with stuff. Mm. Michael would come in and go, eh, it's okay, get rid of that, put this in, go like that, I'll be back. He would leave and we would keep going until finally we got a combination together and he'd go, okay, bye, York. get out there, teach it to them. Wow. But so like he, he was, Bob, forget it. It's all about him. He locks everyone out and he does the steps wow. and he works out the material. And then he teaches to his, his assistants and then the assistants do it, but he's also like right there watching. Making, Michael
1: was more about the overall vision. Of, the visual thing. Think about thing, Dreamgirls the youth, with The sets and the lights and everything. Everything. Yeah. The way
0: it all moves. And so I love that. And I think watching them, I learned how to do that. And, you know, if you watch things like Wicked, it's seamless how everything moves in and out. And yeah. Wicked's not a big choreographic show. Right. It's a, I think it's big in staging. And I think there's elements of pieces of choreography, like little vignettes. It's not like mega production Very numbers. stylish, though. Yeah, very, very stylish. Very specific. Well, yeah. because it was like an unusual world, so yeah. I, I was a little... <laughs> I was a little whacked out. And, you know, Susan Hilferi's costumes are so yeah. gorgeous, but they were also like one shoulder up here, and you, so you start kind of like dancing like that, so it kind of like... Yeah. It all complements each other. That was a beautiful show. And you mentioned Holler. I mean, Holler was... I said to myself, what am I doing here? I mean... At that point, I don't even know how old I was. I must have been in my late fifties, <laughs> six, early sixties.
1: Age is just a number.
0: And I said, I don't want to use Broadway dancers. I want to use, yeah. I want to use dancers that are on the street. Mm-hmm. And we, I got them, and I molded them and shaped them, and I gave them stuff, and they made it look funky. And I watched what they did, and I, it was a great experience mm-hmm. for me. And then again, I got into transitions and making this thing dance and move and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I actually thought it was a great learning experience for me.
1: What, what, is, what advice, so you are obviously, um, you are one of a pretty good group of former Broadway dancers who have become great director choreographers. Right. Like there, there are a bunch of them. There are a lot of other dancers right. who would kill to have right. that transition. Right. What is your advice? to dancers if there's a Broadway dancer right now who would just like to be lips, a
0: choreographer
1: who wants to yeah break out to the other side what, what do you tell people
0: that's kind of interesting because it happened to me I didn't want to be a choreographer mm. I wanted to go to uh, L.A. and be Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire and they weren't doing that anymore
1: right
0: and then I met Lee Theodore because I was working with American Dance Machine at that time and she was doing commercials for Bob Giraldi and Steve Horn and stuff, and she obviously got me in there, and I started dancing in commercials. Mm-hmm. And then one day, Bob Giraldi said to me, "Would you like to do a commercial, choreograph a commercial?" And I said, "Sure." And it was a Dr Pepper commercial, right. and I started doing commercials as yeah. a choreographer. And then I learned how to, you know, do choreography for people that didn't that didn't dance, mm-hmm. make them move well. Mm-hmm. And the, the dancers that I put in there, I'd have to make them look like they were real people as opposed to dancers. So of course they were selling a product. And I got to learn how to direct. Mm. Yeah. And I learned how to like choreograph for the camera and the lens. So that, you know, and then it just tricked me into, I started doing industrials and off-Broadway shows and right. I got, Baby was my first Broadway show and I got Tony nomination. Yeah. And it was like, oh God, Yeah. I guess I'm doing, now I'm a choreographer. Right. But I kept on bouncing back and forth, mm-hmm. so I don't know what you say. I mean, yeah. and I don't even know if some dancers that are brilliant are could be choreographers. Right. Sure. Sometimes it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about? Um, here's another piece of advice I'd love from you. So every every dancer wants um, job security. Right. So what's your tip for them to get a job in the Wicked ensemble? There's many tours, there's right, Broadway, right. there's. Uh, uh, what, what, what are you looking for? I, I think they
0: need to be special and unique in their own self. Mm-hmm. They can't think that they have to fit in a mold. Whatever they got, bring it to the audition and do it and own it. Sure, and unique, if you're yeah. special enough, I want that person. Mm-hmm. Your eye goes straight to the people that are like, got something about them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then the show takes on its own, its own character, but you have to be unique and interesting to get it.
1: Isn't Wicked such a crazy gift in your life? Such a gift. I mean, you don't have that, that. show. I remember the development of that show. Nobody knew what would happen with that. No,
0: and Joe, Joe, and I were like terrified that no one would come in San, the, San Francisco. We were going. No one's going to come to the show. Who's coming to the show? And then they said we were going to go to the Gershwin. It was like this big theater with the no, <laughs>
1: which had gonna... had a bunch of failures I wish it was bigger. before oh. <laughs> Wicked. Oh, we want a bigger theater. Yeah, exactly.
0: But. Um, and then it became, a, you know, a family show. And there's yeah. millions of little kids with their parents. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, the identification to the the underdog, yeah. the person that doesn't fit in, the the two of the witches, the relationship, two opposites mm-hmm. become best friends, the love interest. It has a lot of appeal. Yeah. And it touches on a lot of different things.
1: Wicked the gift that keeps giving.
0: I didn't it's really is i mean as a choreographer that that is the gift i don't think i'll ever have a show as big as that again i mean it's it's a phenomenon like i had a chorus line and i had dancing and i have wicket i mean it's like shocking to think that i had those moments in my life
1: one final thing i forgot to ask about i want to ask you about your wife i mean you you've
0: she's been, an angel you've been together forever
1: <laughs> I, I believe you were Curly and Lori in Oklahoma in high school. Absolutely. I mean, high school sweetheart, still together.
0: No, we weren't dating. We got- it was just we danced together and we flirted with each other. But I was a greasy little, you know, <laughs> grease ball, and she was a cheerleader, and it was like this opposite attracting, thing, like Sandy and and uh, Danny and Zuko, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and then I don't know what happened. She went to Tyler, Junior uh, Tyler, Tyler. I lived college, right. She was in Apache Bell. She danced in the halftime of, uh, uh, I don't know. I, what are they, I don't even know what the, the team was. Anyway, uh-huh. um, and then we started dating. She came, she graduated, I was in Brockport. We got married, she came to Brockport. And then I did the whole audition thing. And here we are, we're 55, six years married. It's incredible. I don't know how. That. And you've grown kids. I mean, and she, you know, I'm a, you say, I'm, I'm crazy. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of levels in me that she had to deal with and she kind of like kept me centered,
1: uh-huh. you know,
0: it was a reality thing to go back home and yeah. we had kids pretty early. So it was kids and go back home and I have to work, but you would think that I had a chorus line and I would stay in a chorus line until it closed. A year and a half in, I was like, I have to get out of here. I got back on the street, and then I got the act, Mm -hmm. and then I obviously fell into dancing, and then after dancing, it was a little rough for me because now I have a Tony nomination, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of choreographing, but I really don't want to choreograph, I really want to dance, Um, and I went back and forth, and I danced with Cheetah, and and it just kind of evolved into it, and then when I was really settled, into choreography, the phone rang and it was Bob. Right. And I was like, ah, okay, here we go again.
1: But but having a stable home life is what, key, key to, I'm assuming, balance of that. I think me up.
0: being centered and knowing that I had to be on my gig, stay with the trend, pull my shit together, and be like on, my, on top of what I look like, how I presented myself. I can't walk in there like an old man, you know? So <laughs> I have to be like, all right. I'm in, let's do this. Nobody sees
1: you as an old man, Wayne.
0: (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like how you present yourself. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, I can't wait to see the show. What a pleasure. That's gonna do it for this week's episode. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway Show Uncut.